recording, recording, and hitting the live. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Maker That Money podcast, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am Pooch of Repcord, and with me, as always, my trusty co-host, my rock <laughs> Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? It's been a been a minute, huh? It's been a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm good. I'm a I'm a little under the weather, but you know, all in all, feeling pretty good. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to hear you're under the weather. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Uh, just I think it's just, just a cold. <laughs> just a cold. Just the seasonal ick. Yeah. Uh, that's yep. going around. Greetings to everybody that's uh, with us in the chat on YouTube. Uh, we record this podcast just about every Friday at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, so if you're interested in listening back and want to join the chat and uh, interact with us that way, you can. Uh, we also have the Maker That Money hotline. The link to that is above me. It's hot just seat. Rep, rep, <laughs> yeah, put you in the hot seat if you want to uh, call in and talk live with us. We have that option as well. Uh, and on the pod today, we are going to talk about selling through the seasons. What does that mean, Andrew? Well, you know, I think we were talking about this uh, earlier. I think really the idea is is uh, selling a product through kind of the busier time of the year where, you know, we call it the holiday seasons, those sales, all of that uh you know, fun stuff that comes towards the end of the year over here in the States uh, yeah, where everyone's gearing up for Christmas, Black Cyber Friday. Yeah. yeah, Cyber Mondays, all of that. Small Business Saturday. Oh, I mean, yeah. shoot, there's so many different names for all of these sales. We, lo we love <laughs> labeling our sales. Give people yeah. a pur purpose, a reason to spend money, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And so speaking of, we were on hiatus for about two uh, two weeks. Uh, one because uh, I was uh, traveling to Germany for a conference, which was great. Form next, we had a good time at that. And then uh, we had Black Friday and Thanksgiving, and I was uh, out of town. So we originally talked about maybe doing a Black Friday episode that didn't actually happen. So apologies, but we're going to talk about a little bit of that today in the yeah. uh, Selling Through the Seasons podcast here. A uh, couple shout outs, Alex Gibson coming at us from the UK. Good morning. Good to see you awesome. as, as usual. Vishal, Mihao, Liz, Papa Bear, Arizona. Oh, got a clap from you. 3D Grant at 3D Musketeers. Awesome. So got a lot of the usual suspects. So thank you. And yep. again, if you want to join us live in the chat, please feel free to do so. 9 a.m. Pacific every Friday. We re record. So. I think that's it. Uh, well, we've got to do our calls to action. Uh, in fact, oh, speaking yes. of, uh, Mike, Mike, never let the machines win is our, our number one advocate for that. But it, what, it, what is it, Mike? Get it, shout it out in the chat. Like, subscribe, smash that like button, smash everything around you, and hopefully hit the <laughs> like button while you're at it. And, uh, uh, you know, bring a friend. And if this is something that's valuable to you, if you have um, ideas for future topics and stuff like that, we are very prolific on the twitters uh our handles are down below so you can feel free to tweet suggestions or comments or anything you'd like at us uh, that way as well so i think that's awesome that's good <laughs> what's the other thing that we like to do before Let's we start? talk about them wins we got to talk about them <laughs> wins we got to talk about them wins and i i'm gonna admit it I, I i did not think about a win just until just now uh, so you get oh, to go no. first because i went first last time <laughs> Okay, uh, okay. We got to celebrate the good, the good, the positive energy, and sure. uh, we're, we're going to start with that. So, Andrew, what is a win you've had this week? Um, well, uh, I, I guess uh, the, 
let's let's go to the last week uh last week on black friday i turned 30 so hey you know happy I made birthday it <laughs> enters know, his fourth um, decade that's a that's a big win okay a lot yep, of people yeah medieval times most people didn't make it that far you know like yeah good yep. good for you so, uh yeah well, okay you're gonna you're gonna tout your birthday as a win no 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 um the, the 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 other the other wins the the more realistic wins are just uh we're we're really we're we're gearing up for some really cool exciting developments happening in the beginning of the year lots of uh lots of new things we've been talking about that retail packaging forever we yeah. finally have oh, you know a it. date I have it it's amazing um yeah, so it's it's we're we're pushing hard. So we we just got in a lot of uh, a lot of new materials. Uh, we we started getting uh, the land uh, the labels in. Uh, lots of awesome stuff happening. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I, I'm gonna ride your coattails on the on the Black Friday. We did a fantastic job. My team, shout out to my team, awesome. did a fantastic job of clearing out some uh uh some some older inventory i think we talked about in the past you know just getting organized and stuff like that but we blew mm-hmm. out way more stuff than we expected so we unfortunately we're a little bit slower fulfilling this week just to due to the volume <laughs> but you know what i'll take it um yeah and uh you know out with the old and with the new we're we're working on some new revs and all that stuff and this is kind of a critical component of of um you know making making space for the new stuff the new designs and all that stuff so i'm very encouraged by that and i'm very lucky to have such a great team that helped me um really just that's awesome grab and go and uh took that bull by the horn so that's 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 great that's a great win for us i see i see a lot of good wins uh in the chat please feel free to share there as well we want to celebrate your wins as well alex uh, says he raised his abs print game uh and he got some pantone 265 c spray paint let's see now that's a that's a like a mauve what is it no i don't, I don't a, know that's almost a, that's a purple so our purple is 266 c so 265 oh, is good. literally okay. right next to it okay <laughs> all right a purple oh good spray paint yep. uh so he can yep. upcycle and brand all his things so that's uh right in brand so Pant- pantone is making actually pantone color matched spray paint uh, well a, it's probably a different company well the company makes it, makes it, but it. They'll license yeah. it or yeah, something they, okay yeah um yep. Mihao says he installed a new photo booth that now now allows better uh build and tear down for photos uh in nice. under 20 minutes that's good i mean that's that's a that that brings me back you know when you have very limited <laughs> amount of space and it's like oh gotta put the photo booth up so i can take my oh, images but then i, I can't take leave photos. it on the kitchen table i, I do too i you know oh. it'd be great to have a dedicated space for that but given how little we have to do how infrequently I have to do it. I understand yeah. needing to build it, but that's a great win, Mihao. I'm glad you found something. Um, what else? What else? Uh, let's see. Grant says he may try to get a win. Liz had one. We got to share Liz's. Uh, she had oh, she had three models uh, on printables, uh and she's making more so good get good nice. for you getting your models posted and shared with others that's fantastic so if you're interested in 3d printing as we are and we kind of uh spend a lot of time in that community and space uh printables is a great resource for finding models uh to print and uh, a yeah. lot of them are very practical and useful so we're not just making trinkets and toys but making good useful things to have around uh, to help us in our day to day and our businesses, so mm-hmm. shout out to Printables, uh, run by <laughs> the good folk at Prusa Printers. 
Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we dive in on the meat and potatoes for today? The main let's course. The main course. Selling let's through the seasons. It. Forecasting. So let's let's talk about the problem a little bit, the way that we do. And mm-hmm. then let's make sure that we offer as much solution as we're able to. And again, this is where I like to throw out our disclaimer. We are very much in progress as well with our businesses. We do not claim to be experts. We do not know everything. We are just sharing Mm -hmm. our experience and that which may or may not have worked for us because sometimes it's what doesn't work as well that, you know, where the learnings lie. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the problems of selling through the seasons. Uh, You have a product. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to get it out there. You want to forecast. You want to understand what the demand is. Okay. Okay. But maybe mm-hmm. you're new, and you you just you have no idea. And so you mm-hmm. you know funds times limited. Like how do you know how many of your chips to put into the pot at a given time, if you will? If I'm going to use that poker sure. analogy again, what do you think? Sure. Well, you know that's uh, it's it's kind of a tough one. Uh, because let's let's say for instance you are new as you're as you're describing here and you've never shipped a, a product or you know you've never had this product in the market a lot of it's really going to be based on guesses um you know i think uh where you could probably draw some parallels is probably something where maybe your product's based off something else or similar to something else um you know maybe you're uh you know you're selling 3d printed ornaments for the holidays um maybe okay. they're customized or whatever something seasonal on your etsy okay. store yeah yeah so it might be seasonal but the, in this case it's a really good opportunity you know like you know october november time frame to get your listings up and make sure you're you know kind of you know beating the drum saying hey i've got these you know these cool things that i do right you know get them in time for the holidays um you know if you you know you might be able to do some market research perhaps uh look at you know what other people might be doing uh you know kind of determine the the sales volume um for products that you know kind of in a league of their own um (laughs) you know it's it's a lot going to be based on guesses i think uh you know it's okay to get it wrong though i i will say that when we launched our products we based it a lot on guesses and we got it wrong. We had, uh, you know, three, four week delay sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if you got a product that people want, uh, you know, or it's exciting, a lot of people are actually willing to wait. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you got to, certainly you got to do something, right? You got to take a shot. Mm-hmm. And the two, the two, you know, it, it's, it's going to be very, very unlikely that you're going to be able to hit it right on. Right. So really mm-hmm. your two, your two choices are, do I go conservative and do I not put the expenditure out, not risk it, and and I, mm-hmm. I try to truly go demand driven, or do I overproduce and hope and maybe I don't think hope is the right term, but do I overproduce? Do I hold sure. inventory and then try to promote and sell through it? And the answer to that completely depends on the the type of the product, the mm-hmm. amount of cost associated with it. Like if it's if it's a low expenditure and like the the cost of storing it and stuff isn't as high, mm-hmm. you may be better off just let's produce it and then let's work on our sales and marketing stuff. If it's a yep. really expensive, maybe you have a big bulky thing and you don't have the space to store all of it and stuff, you're probably going to want to work more towards just-in-time manufacturing or something yep. like that. And for those who aren't familiar with that, it's just what it sounds like you know, trying to produce as the orders come in as closely as you can. 
again, a lot of this is going to depend on what it is. What's how complicated mm-hmm. is it to produce? How long does it take to produce? If we're talking about yep. a jumbo jet, <laughs> you know, just in yeah. time is completely different than, you know, uh, <laughs> like one of my storage boxes or, or your gloop or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So obviously you're, you're, you're trying to hedge bets. You're trying to be in between the, the downside of overproducing is too much cost well, and material. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's too much. It, you know, you're you're leveraging, uh, you know, essentially this this money that you have uh, against, cash. you know, uh, you know, against a bet, and then you have essentially all of this inventory that now you have to carry that cost forward. So you invested all of that money, all of that time, all of that energy, and you didn't sell through it all. So right. you, you know, it's it's going to potentially cost you more down the road, especially if it's a seasonal item. Uh, you know, you don't see the uh, the stores buying loads and loads and loads of Christmas lights. And, you know, by the end of the you know Christmas season, they hopefully are sold out of those Christmas lights. It's a good thing because yeah. they don't want to have a bunch of extra left over. Right. Um, and then we, as we all know, know, the best time to buy Christmas lights is like the day and the week after when they're literally mm-hmm. like half the cost mm-hmm. <laughs> and purging through because, yeah. you know, they're never going to hit it right on the head either. They try to get close now what's the downside of understocking Mm -hmm. well so yeah it's lost potential uh you you know think think of it as uh as essentially you know that you have a certain amount of money that you're capable of making you don't know how much that is and if you don't have enough like you know you only bring a small little shovel and you hit a gold mine and you know you know that the gold mine is going to close off you're only able to get a little bit out yeah. Uh, whereas if you brought a bigger shovel, maybe you were able to get a little bit more out before your access to the gold mine was shut off. That's a good you analogy. Know? I love that, that, <laughs> that show Gold Rush Alaska. I was obsessed with that. You know, like yeah, and, and you only had a limited amount of time before it all froze over for the winter, right? So you got to get while yeah. the getting is good. Yeah. yeah. So so you know, as always, the road is fraught and perilous, uh, and mm-hmm. you you never you know you don't want to miss opportunities. So a lot of this we've said in the past is about capturing that customer when they're willing to buy, when they're ready to buy, right? Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And if you're just getting your start, there's a there's a couple of more things that are tied to that where it's like you really want to get those sales out there so you can establish the brand so you can establish some forecasting and all that stuff. And so Mm -hmm. if you're just getting your start, sometimes like you have to gamble a little bit more. You want to gamble a little bit more because you want to, you know, get stuff out. Maybe you're not going to capture as much margin and stuff on that, but you're going to actually get some really, really valuable data and understanding what your demand is and, and, and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So again, it's, and there I don't know that there's any right or wrong answer. <laughs> um, it is really painful when you have something and uh, you you miss you miss being mm-hmm. able to make a sale when you um, yeah when you need to establish that. So so timing is a big factor. It, obviously, it is a big factor. I, I will say, like what we've done, um, you know. So let's let's pivot the conversation a bit to let's say you are a little bit established and you have a known product instead of you know an unknown product entering into the market. Okay. Uh, you have a little bit of data, so you know maybe you know this is your you know second year coming into this holiday season. Okay. Uh, so you know, like uh, what we had back when I'm remembering back in, you know, 2019, which was our second year, uh, we introduced a new product 
in October. Now we did it in conjunction with a trade show, mm -hmm. but we also did it hopefully, you know, in the idea that it would be a really cool gift for people to give other people who, you know, had yeah. 3d printers or that sort of stuff. And we also introduced a new packaging size at that same time. Literally, I think it was like a, a couple weeks later after that trade show. Mm -hmm. And the idea was, was that it, you know, we had two, two different sizes that we had sold our products in a, you know, 75 milliliter and 120 milliliter bottle. And we just introduced this new product and we wanted to make sure that we also captured customers that had never tried our product before. So we were still new, but yet we still had some sales data from the previous year. So the idea was, is that we had to bulk up a little bit so that we had to carry some inventory for a few weeks because we didn't want to get these orders and then make the customers wait, you know, weeks. Sure. That wasn't going to work. Right. Uh, well, so especially what when we a lot of them looked at, want it for Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's a gift, right? Yeah. And so that's going to really so, damage your brand if you're not able to like get people their yeah. Christmas gifts on time. So what we did was we looked at our previous year's sales in that time period. And then we looked at our average growth rate month over month. Okay. Uh, so how many extra units were we selling month over month, you know, because of our, just our static growth rate. And then we just doubled that. Now, again, that was just kind of what felt good. And so we're like, okay, so we know that between November and December, we sold, you know, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but let's say it's a hundred units. Okay. And let's say that our growth rate was 20% month over month. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, we that means that, you know, for the next month, we would need to be able to produce and sell 120 units. And so what we did was we're like, OK, well, that growth rate, let's go ahead and double that. So let's make for sure we have 140 units available, yeah. you know, for, you know, this month, this sale so that we can sell through. Um, now we also were trying to figure out, OK, well, how much kind of demand are we going to get because of the in conjunction with this launch at the trade show also you know any kind of influence or marketing or anything that you know anyone that picks it up uh, it was a lot of guesswork but um yeah. i will say that i think we actually hit really well because we got close to running out but we never actually ran out um nice you know so you know i think it comes down to you know once you have a little bit of an understanding uh you know make some educated guesses uh, i'm not saying that this is the right you know, method to use it, but it's what we did and okay. it worked out. Okay. <laughs> so, so the, and this is a, this is a real challenging thing as you're getting established, right? Because if mm -hmm. you're, you know, if you're trying to forecast without data, it, it's just almost impossible. You know, like your, mm -hmm. your, your swings are so variable mm -hmm. from my, you're like, Hey, is my month to month 20% on average, but like it could skyrocket. You could get picked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, by yeah. you know some so, you know big influencer or or um, a trade a trade magazine picks you up or something like that and you explode right mm -hmm. and so yep. y you have no way of knowing so I think the first thing if we're gonna break down like maybe some solutions some t some tips and some tactics let's talk about the questions that we want to be asking and we kind of touched mm -hmm. on some of these so like what type of product is it is it seasonal is it a fad mm -hmm. thing so you know a lot of people are talking about like oh I'm printing these ghosts for um, you know, to sell on Etsy ah, for yes. for mm -hmm. uh, for Halloween or or Christmas mm -hmm. ornaments or whatever and stuff like that. So you know that there is this small window in which these are going to be in demand, and then you either mm -hmm. have to hold them until the next season, or maybe it's a completely you know it's based on the release of a new Marvel movie or something like that. And sure. you got to get while the getting's mm -hmm. good and get out. So you got to ask, what is the type of product that you're you're trying to sell here? First of all, yep. Then you're asking what, what, um, what, 
let's talk if you want to be a student of the analytics mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of um who are your contemporaries maybe like what other examples of products like this mm-hmm. and are you able to glean some data from how they do whether it's sure. somebody else mm-hmm. that's willing to share that whether there's some um you know uh, what is it industrial data that that just gets published mm-hmm. you know i i don't i don't know um, you know, finding analytics where you can, spending some time to make those educated guesses, but knowing you're never going to get it right on. Mm-hmm. What other questions yeah. can you think of? So one that comes to mind is, is how, you know, what is the sales cycle of essentially this product or, you know, what is the buying cycle of, you know, the customer? So um, el- elaborate so- on that. What is a sales cycle? What is a buying cycle? So- so, so a sales cycle in that, like, you know, this is more so in kind of business to business. Um, so let's say, for instance, we have a product or a service and we're trying to sell this into another business. And we know that the business either, you know, needs the solution or is looking for solutions like it. And so there's a courting that goes along with this, like, oh, hey, here's our feature set. Here's what we can do. Here's this. And there's a, they call this the sales cycle. So you have the cold introduction, then you have the conversations, then you meet with the, either the project managers or whatever it might be. But in terms of direct to consumer, like let's look at the buying cycle of the consumer. You mentioned like, is this in conjunction with a Marvel movie or is this in conjunction with a holiday, whatever it might be. Mm. What is the typical buying cycles or buying habits for that customer? Is it an impulse thing where they see something that it, they can relate to their favorite movie and it's an mm-hmm. instant, okay, I'm going to buy this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it is it more so like, is it a decoration where it's like, okay, hey, I know Christmas is coming up or I know Halloween's coming up. You know, I, I like, for instance, my wife, she'll she'll go out and she'll buy decorations two months in advance because she's like, I need to have this so that when it comes, we can decorate the house, <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and so that's the buying habits, right? So maybe try and define, trying to find or understand that buying habit, uh, if you will, of the customer, how long it takes them to make that decision to buy or when they're actually looking for it. That's a perfect um, question. Maybe it distills down to who is your customer, right? Too like, sure. is this a business customer? Is it a, you know, another one? And what are their habits? So being a, a student or having some psychological, like what motivates your customer to buy, like mm-hmm. having understandings of, of who your target market is, is as obvious as that seems like it sounds, this is critical to understanding what motivates them to buy like, yeah. and, and when you're going to be able to capture them and when you're not. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, everybody's geared up because they want to buy gifts for the holiday. And so like, hey, wh- yeah. how do you capitalize on like, hey, did you get something for that maker on your list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Oh, oh, no, I didn't. Uh, well, here you go. Here's an easy, you know, get get some glue. But it's something everybody uses and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's only $39.90. So you're, you're in the impulse buy, you know, you're pricing it. So what kind of price point are you selling at, right? That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a whole other thing. Like, can I capture yeah. people in that impulse realm or are they going to have to be more thoughtful about like, do I really want to spend the, my money here because I don't feel like if I, if I buy it here, if I buy this, I can't buy this. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. those are all the little subset questions of like, who is your customer and what motivates them? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, 
I think I think the other thing is 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 understanding if you need to do marketing on a, you know on a specific product. Um, okay. You know, and and then you know, kind of in conjunction with that, when is the right time to do that marketing? As I mentioned, you know, my wife, when buying decorations, will buy decorations a month or two months in advance sometimes. Yeah. Now she's probably outside the norm there, but you know, I, you know, it might be. It's like okay, well, hey, we know that these holidays are coming up. As I was mentioning, maybe it's something where. For instance, you were selling 3D prints. They're maybe they're customized, whatever, for a holiday, custom Christmas ornaments. Do you do some marketing on your Facebook or your social saying, hey, okay. Christmas is coming up. Here's a really cool gift that you can give your family members. I can make custom ornaments to, you know, welcome a new baby, welcome, you know, a, a, like, you know, a new family member, whatever it might be. Um, but you also have to take into consideration the time it takes for you to make that custom thing and, you know, get it out to the right person at the right time. Yeah. Because that person might want something like that, but they might not be looking for it until it's closer to Christmas. And by that time, it's already too late. Okay, so um, when are they looking at, where are they looking? Mm -hmm. So this yeah. is things like, is, is your product something that... Yeah, we hear the term SEO all the time, search engine optimization, mm -hmm. guys, right? And you're going to get hit, like one of the first things you're going to see when you start a business <laughs> is you're going to get hammered with people offering SEO oh, services, right? And I would say the vast majority of people overthink that in terms of like mm -hmm. it being a commoditized, this is my opinion, uh, based on 15 years as a web developer and all that stuff. Yes, it's important, right? Because so many people mm -hmm. just go to Google and they search for a certain thing. But instead of like, diving into the nitty gritty on the, um, mm -hmm. you know, where to place your, your ad buys and stuff like that. Just break it down to a very simple thing. If you were looking for this, what would you be typing into the search box? Right. And mm -hmm. do you rank? Sure. Right? And are you on, are people, first of all, is that how people are finding you? Or mm -hmm. are they finding you because they're watching YouTube videos? And so maybe you need to be doing more influencer marketing. Maybe mm -hmm. you have a very specialized thing and it's old school and you would be better in a trade magazine. I, you know, there yep. it's, it really comes down to, this is a, this is a, this is obviously more about sales and marketing and stuff, but again, understanding where your customer is, what motivates them, where they're looking, mm -hmm. what they're looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if you're selling something based on a problem you had and you have the belief that other people have this problem too, how mm -hmm. are they looking for, and it, a lot of times it's really hard to get out of your own head and understand oh, yes. <laughs> how other people are seeking out information, mm -hmm. product and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So this, we're going pretty deep down the rabbit hole in terms mm -hmm. of, some sales, some marketing strategies and all this stuff. But these are really important questions to ask when you have an understanding of your sales cycle, your customer and all of that. What other questions mm -hmm. come to mind again to, in analyzing how do I answer the question of how to forecast, right? So we, we talk about like, what is my product? Who is my customer? Um, mm -hmm. So maybe we never talk about like, is your product evergreen, Right. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. a very like, mm -hmm. and, and is that something that you should mm -hmm. target if you're trying to brainstorm ideas for products to sell to somebody? Obviously, having something that has appeal to a wide audience over a wide period of time, there's a lot smaller risk profile associated with mm -hmm. that because you can just afford to hold inventory knowing that you can sell Absolutely. it over time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, 
like let's look at you know your your products or my products for example these products that that we offer uh you know they have they have an evergreen status. Maybe we might change things or we might make some revisions here or there. But mm -hmm. if we were to happen to overproduce, it's not like it's going to be a huge, you know, game changer for us. Right. It's right. just extra inventory that we have to carry. Maybe we don't run production as much. Maybe we spin down, uh, you know, we cut some hours if we need to, um, you know, for, for, you know, guys that are running production. But it, it, at the end of the day, we, we are still going to be hopefully in business, you know, outside yeah. of the holiday season yeah. so that we can sell through that inventory. Um, right. I, I think that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, and in some cases it might actually make sense to bet big. Um, like for instance, this year we, when we ran our sale, we kind of anticipated to do a much smaller volume than we did. And when we realized that we were doing way more, like three times as much than we did the previous year, okay. we had to quickly order extra material. But what we did was we realized, hey, this this volume is spiking. We can actually save a little bit more if we order even more material in bulk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we took that that uh, essentially that cash savings by spending a little bit more, but now we're going to have more inventory for later on. Right. Um, but we use the sale essentially to fund that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Alex in the chat mentions this, and we've talked about this a ton of times, but this is exactly where opportunity cost comes in, right? Mm -hmm. and, we, and, and to distill that down even further, when we talk about how precious your cash is, your cash on mm -hmm. hand and your cash flow, that is your lifeblood of your business. And so when you tie up your cash in creating, you know, in work in progress mm -hmm. and in, in, in having inventory, that's cash that you don't have to do other things mm -hmm. to pay people to, you know, uh, work on other projects and all that stuff too. Yep. So that is, is the cost. Now, if you mm -hmm. have an evergreen product and stuff, yeah, you can do sales. You can, you can do, a, I, I, there, there, there are tactics, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. that allow you to, to recoup that. But obviously, yep. as a business, you you're you want to be ideally having mm -hmm. consistent flow so that your revenue is is coming back to you. Like it's aging inventory isn't good mm -hmm. because over time it's going to cost you yep. in storage and space, uh, in in loss. Uh, maybe yep. it degrades on the shelf. Um, you know, it just depends on our products have shelf lives. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we so, have to monitor that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you, you have to consider all of, of those factors mm -hmm. on, on your particular project. The other thing I would say is what is your goal for the product or what is it, what is it you're hoping this product is going to become? That's a good one. So for mm -hmm. example, is your goal to scale this? Do you believe in it enough where it's like, we're, we're cutting our teeth in retail, mm -hmm. but ultimately yep. I see some potential to do wholesale where we can move much larger volumes and, and, and stuff like that. So in that case, like I need to get it out into as many hands as possible to capture, you know, that data and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then I also, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting those numbers up so that I can keep my machines running, that I can keep my guys busy and all that stuff. And, and mm -hmm. so that's going to help dictate where you're you're ultimately trying to be with the product um and and maybe some decisions that you're making and and how much you want to invest in that growth mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for for instance, when we when we launched, you know, Gloop, like, you know, I I I have that cheesy saying, you know, I want to be the empire of sticky, um, because you know that was the intention, right? The intention was to try and make it so that we can continue developing adhesive products or materials, uh, you know, for the three D printing industry, and yep. for us, you know, taking some bigger bets just kind of makes sense. Um, but for smaller products or a, a seasonal things, it might not be something where, you, you know, you, you should take that. You don't go and print 10,000 ghosts to sell on Etsy when you yeah. probably can only make, you know, sell 500, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, you know that, that sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people fall into the game of like, well, I love printing. And then before they know it, they're not mm-hmm. even paying attention. Oh my gosh, I've overproduced this or whatever. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, that's. That's a that's a that's a challenge. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's a ton of questions. So obviously, like we recommend all the times, like stepping back, mm-hmm. writing down some you know your thoughts in terms of mm-hmm. what your product is, who your customer is, all that stuff. Trying to come up with some answers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you got to decide to do. You got to do something, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and and hopefully spending the time to think about the answers to those questions are going to kind of help form in your mind where you want to be, what your goals are, what your, you know, thing is. Uh, I I would say where you get into some interesting X factors, like a lot of the value as you're getting started, especially is building reputation. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and nothing builds credibility and reputation like longevity and time. Right. And so, and, and really getting that data out there. And so, I would argue there's a, like a lot more value in that than a lot of people realize because once you when you mm-hmm. have a reputation, you have uh, an established customer base, it becomes infinitely easier to launch new product and reach out to to customers and sell quicker with the next product sure. release or other. so so mm-hmm. you, your product itself is not always the most uh, important con component. If your goal mm-hmm. is like, again, to grow the business, which, which I would hope it would be, if you're st- setting yeah. up a business, you want to grow it. Sure. Building rep, building us an established audience, uh, and customer mm-hmm. base is incredibly valuable, uh, because mm-hmm. the products may come and go, but customer mm-hmm. loyalty, if you are good at what you're doing and stuff is it stays and it makes it so much easier to grow in the future and to bring in new people because then that's when you start to get people advocating for you. A lot of times they're, they're showing off your product uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, Hey, what's that? Maybe I want that and stuff as well. Exactly. That takes mm-hmm. time. That takes a lot of years mm-hmm. sometimes. Like that's where you're getting into it for the long <laughs> game. You know? So yes. are we, are we, are we absolutely. Playing? And that, and that's, a, that's one business strategy. Not everybody's in it for the mm-hmm. long game. I think there are a lot of people that are like, let's uh, let's do a seasonal. Let's go get while the getting's good and pivot to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So the, the overall goals of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's an excellent that's an excellent point. Is and and in in reality, that should probably be the first question that you ask is, <laughs> what do you want your goals to be? Right. Um, and then everything else kind of branches and extends from there. <laughs> so not everybody. You know. Yeah. No, no. I think, I think, I mean, it sounds, again, that sounds like an obvious thing to say, well, what are you trying to be as a business and all this stuff like it? But 
again, mm-hmm. the answer to all these things kind of contribute to, to your to your overall strategy. We're talking about coming mm-hmm. up with ways to strategize and forecast, and and it's tough because mm-hmm. not everybody is a student of analytics the way that we are. I think we see a lot in our space because we we tend to be technical minded individuals, sure, and it's kind mm-hmm. of the best tool that we might have. Um, you know, I don't know about your you know shopping platform, but I know that like I, I'm overloaded with analytics. A lot yes. of the time. And <laughs> and let's talk about that for a second, because I think you run into some interesting fallacies sometimes where you may incorrectly mm-hmm. read or overread or the analytics just are only telling a little snippet of time. <clears throat> yeah. Me. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I think in many cases, um, sometimes I become paralyzed by you know or suffer decision fatigue from information overload and we call uh, that there's too paralysis much paralysis by analysis there's... if you haven't yeah, heard that yeah. before so so you know in in some cases um you know it's like i can remember explicitly trying to forecast and plan like um you know as uh uh alex was mentioning you know opportunity costs uh you know we didn't we were really young, uh, you know, and bootstrapping every penny counted. I I mean, literally every penny we would have to, you know, figure out and calculate how much the shipping, how much the tax was going to cost to order in bulk certain materials. And then we had to determine, okay, when was the correct date to do that? How do we, you know, like, what does this, what does this mean for everything else? And we were like looking at analytics, trying to figure out the rate of which customers purchase when we can expect return customers. Uh, It it was overwhelming. Um, And in that case, I don't think it helps. Um, You know, if you go too deep, too quick. I I completely agree with that. And I think (laughs) that, and again, I don't want to say they're useless, but the the younger you are, Mm -hmm. the more useless your analytics is. And your time (laughs) is precious and probably better spent just focusing on other stuff, like just getting it made, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a pragmatism that you have to take about this. And as much as we'd love to be able to sit around and analyze every, you know, sale and talk to every customer and all that stuff. It's just not practical. So mm-hmm. do not fall victim to paralysis by analysis by getting in there. <laughs> and and it, that that's really tough for some people because mm-hmm. we rabbit hole. We want to dig in on that. We, we desperately want to apply reason to what is happening where it, 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 you, you're not getting a clear big picture when you mm-hmm. don't have a big picture, right? Like, yeah. Um, yep. I don't know what the best analogy is, but if you're, like I said, if you're just like you're you're only looking at such a tiny snapshot of time, it's yeah. impossible well, to glean any kind of trend from that. It, it, well, and I'll even say that even after four and a half years of experience of selling our products, we got it wrong this year. Like I just was mentioning earlier, like you know, last year this time we thought we were gonna sell you know a certain number of units. Again, I can't remember off the top of my head. But all I know is, is that when the Black Friday sale came this year, sales just spiked. We had the largest, single largest day of sales in our company's history on our sale day. 
and we were, you know, giving off a substantial discount and also free shipping in the United States. So all of those numbers, you know, we still even blew our single largest sale day and we had no idea it was coming. And we had planned like, okay, well, we think that we'll, again, we're like, we'll probably do 20% or 25% over what we did last year. Right. Uh, maybe, you know, a little bit of fudge factor there. Right. Like I was saying, like how we took our growth rate month over month and we kind of averaged it out and then, you know, extrapolated. We were totally wrong. Totally got it wrong. Yeah. And we had four and a half years of data. And let's, so, and let's just say you're going to be wrong guys. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. like, and, and, and that's, not a bad thing like i i because mm-hmm. that's where the learning lies right that's what i'm saying like like if you got it right every time you're you're not giving yourself growth you're you're gonna get ego and you get cocky and you're like oh yeah i know what yeah. i'm doing all this stuff and you're gonna get railroaded with something you don't i don't i guarantee you with the amount of variables mm-hmm. that go yeah. into this game <laughs> it's not a game <laughs> this life uh sometimes it feels like one <laughs> yeah 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 um you're gonna miss and mm-hmm. it, it's just a question of how bad and how uh, how damaging is that miss and and are you gonna learn from it and what are you gonna do better next time like like you don't know what you don't know and mm-hmm. that's normal and okay and good <laughs> and that's where the learning lies so like don't don't get down on yourself when that's that's the case now Analysis fatigue. Alex talks about putting everything into a spreadsheet, make everything a number, do error bars, walk away, revisit tomorrow. What do you think about that? Um, that's a that's a good idea. I mean, again, that's what we do. Um, well, that's what we did until you know we we realized you know early on it's like okay this this doesn't make sense because we keep getting hung up on all of these details because what we were seeing uh, early days uh, you know I'll I'll speak out here. We would have uh, we had free samples that we would give out. We would charge some shipping, and then we would see that free sample go out. We could pretty reliably count that about fifty percent of those free samples that went out would convert into a purchase, okay. uh, and they would convert into a purchase within. I'm wanting to say it was about it was it was really high. Um, they would convert within a purchase within about two weeks after the sample went out. Um, okay. And they received it. So we basically had when they ran data, out of the sample. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we had we had this this the spreadsheet that we kept up and we kept it, uh, you know, updated literally every day, the number of samples we were sending out, we were trying to track and see a trend. And yeah. we did see a little bit of a trend, like I was saying, but at some point the data started getting, you know, all, all sorts of crazy. And, you know, we started seeing an increase and okay, now more people are actually buying it instead of the 50%. So it's going up and it's like, well, we can't have, you know, we can't start relying on, on all of this data. If it keeps increasing beyond 50%, it's like, it can't really be 50%. It can't be 70%. It can't be a hundred percent because it's impossible. But what we were seeing was that. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, it just stopped. It just dropped off. (laughs) And then it's gone out of nowhere. Like that. And then it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. And so, so it was like, okay. And then we still had that free sample up. People would take a, you know, use of it every now and again, but they wouldn't. And then they weren't coming and they weren't buying any more of our product or, or whatever else. And then what, you know, what was crazy is, is after we stopped that, then we realized, oh, well, what happened was, is they would buy this product and then they would come back maybe, and they would purchase a, you know, another bottle, but we weren't even taking into consideration that other data or, Mm they would go to our resellers and purchase. And Hmm. again, we're, we weren't seeing that was because that was behind our resellers walls and we would sell to our reseller, but 
we weren't seeing that customer go there instead. Yeah, your um, analytics become imperfect when you let go of mm-hmm. some of that sales uh, yeah. that they they did data. Excuse me. Um, and, and I'm glossing over a lot of things, sure. but yeah, it, you know, it, it it gets very confusing. I would say if you try and put everything into a spreadsheet and you try and and figure out how how you're going to project everything. I mean, there are probably people out there that are smarter than me that can do it, and maybe yep. that that that's been their job, but. In my experience, it just leads to more, more frustration. <laughs> I think it's a good exercise. I think the only issue I take with it is the tomorrow piece. I think tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I think he's using that generically. I don't think he means literally do this every day. Um, sure, but but the the time frame again matters and stuff like. Maybe let's look at that quarterly. Uh, again, it just depends on the demands of what else you need to be doing and stuff. If you if you truly mm-hmm. have people to handle like a lot of these other things, and you are piloting the ship and trying to you know uh, have the resources to do that, <laughs> then maybe that's, that's another great different. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that mm-hmm. really that really depends. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure we had a chance to answer a question that's uh, related to seasonal demand that Phantom Printer brought up earlier in the chat. He asked, "How are you oh, guys okay. handling?" possible shipping delays because of the holiday season. So this is a little bit of a Mm -hmm. digression, but related. Okay. So we're in a holiday season right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course that means that all of the carriers are just bombarded with shipments because everybody Mm -hmm. buys everything online these days. So how are you handling those delays? So, you know, unfortunately, are, are you seeing, first of all, you are, can... are you seeing the delays? I guess is the question I would ask you first. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it just kind of happens. Uh, yeah. I think, I think this year, I do believe delays are going to be worse than they were in many years past. Why? Um, ex- specifically, uh, what I am seeing on our end is that, um, there are, the the routes that the drivers are taking um like i have conversations with our ups guy now and our fedex guy and our usps guy their routes are much larger than they have been in the past because they have less employees doing the delivering and with that you know it takes longer to get through that workload uh and in some cases at, at certain times they are no longer allowed to be out they have to come back so if it wasn't able to be delivered in that day then it just has to get pushed the next day yep. um you know so that's like a us uh, ups and fedex they both have a specific cutoff time at this time they have to come back to the 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 warehouse or whatever yeah. it might be different for other states but this is what our guys are saying and it's like if i didn't get to deliver this package it, it gets put on the truck and it gets delivered tomorrow yes it's kind of first in line but at the end of the day it's i can't i can't help it my route is too big yeah um so it, it's it's one of those things as a small business, you're just going to have to, I guess, learn to accept and try and plan around it. Let your customers know in advance saying, Hey, like just now there's a shipping delay on our website saying due to the order volume, yep. there might be a delay. Yep. Uh, I, I can't help it. It's, you know, that's, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. So it's all about setting expectations. I would also say that if you have not spent the time to make sure that you have a defined shipping policy and that you're telling, this is, this is, I think a pitfall that a lot of uh, companies fall into when they're first getting started is, uh, running into the whole thing where we've kind of talked about this before the customer expectation is until they have it in their mm-hmm. hands, it's on you to get it to them. Right. Even yep. though you're leveraging a third party to do that. Mm-hmm. And it is classic. The probably the number one customer support beef anywhere is the finger pointing around the thing the package mm-hmm. got lost or damaged in shipping. Whose fault is that? 
right? Absolutely. And so, <laughs> so there is a degree of training and a, a clarity to your customer oftentimes. And a lot of customers already get this, right? Like they know it's the holiday season. They know that there's going to be delays. With this comes like mm-hmm. the more volume, the more work for people, uh, the carriers there is, the more likely mm-hmm. stuff is to get lost, uh, yep. it just, it, there is nothing that you're going to be able to do to control that because unless you are running your own delivery or you only allow people to pick up locally or mm-hmm. you physically deliver to people, you can't control yeah. that. Right. And so this is a classic, uh, serenity prayer thing. Like the, you know, have the patience and understanding mm-hmm. of what is within your control and which isn't, that's a terrible, uh, distillation of it, but, but you get the idea. Like you can't worry mm-hmm. about the things that are out of your control. You do the best to set expectations you can, have a good shipping policy, explain what it is, explain like, you know what, we know things are going to happen, there are going to have to be concessions that you're going to make as much as it feels like it sucks, it's not your fault, why should you have to pay to reship it, or Mm -hmm. why should you have to spend the time to file the claim for insurance, it's just, that is a fundamental cost of doing business if you are shipping, you you really Mm -hmm. have to get your head right in that space, and then Mm-hmm. Spell it out for people. Put yep. the ban- put the banner on your website. Okay. Yep. When you email or when you send out your e blast and stuff like that, hey, uh, Christmas is going to be here and uh, d- demand is high. Make sure you get your order in now because it's going to take a little bit longer to get there before Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're way better off in my this is my opinion. I know that not everybody operates this way, but under promise over deliver. Okay. Yep. You're way better off telling people that they need to add more time, and if it gets there in two days. Cool. They're never going to complain if it gets there too. Well, I'm not going to say never. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody's going to complain about something somewhere, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and don't sweat the fact that you're just going to have to deal with stuff that sucks. Uh, that's part of mm-hmm. doing, doing the business. And, um, you know, yeah, that, I think that's the best you can do. Let us know mm-hmm. in the chat if you've got other strategies for shipping and and all that stuff too. I think that's a great question and it's one that's very mm-hmm. relevant to a lot of people yep. in this space, right? Because we rely on our carriers. The other the other little side tip, and you'd mentioned like, uh, and I think I've talked about this before, but get to know your carrier. Mm-hmm. You'd yep. be surprised what a difference it makes. Like giving them that little Christmas gift and uh, having mm-hmm. that conversation, asking them how they're doing. They're going to go out of your way, uh, their way to want to help you out. Like my mail carrier, my UPS guy, yep. like I literally classify them as like a good friend at this point because there'll be times where it's like, ah, the pickup didn't get in in time. And I can, I literally can text my UPS guy and don't, I hope it doesn't get in trouble for this. And be like, I missed the pickup <laughs> window. I know you're, he's, he's always on the same route. He's like, no problem. I got you. He comes by and he'll pick up stuff anyway. Yep. Right. And he's happy yep. to do it. And we will, a lot of times we'll sit around and chat at the end of the day and uh, whatever, like mm-hmm. be kind to the people that are important to the f- operation of your business. You'll absolutely go far with that. You will. I promise. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, a bit of a digression, but very relevant, obviously, to high demand and, and seasonal mm-hmm. stuff. Um, let's. Uh, we 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 we've covered a lot. Uh, you know, talking about the mm-hmm. questions, talking about the strategies and stuff. We got about ten minutes left. If you guys have other questions or other comments for us, feel free to feed them to us now. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, like, let's start wrapping this thing up and and talk about. We've talked about analytics. We've talked about mm-hmm. what are we what are we missing from this conversation in terms of like 
how to estimate production, overproducing, did we, underproducing. Did we talk about the importance of discounts or sales around Pricing. this time of year? We Pricing did not. And, yeah. It's a good one. So, yeah. So, so, you know, again, let's assume here that you have an established product and that, uh, you know, you, you've been selling, um, you know, does it make sense at this time of year or the holiday season to offer discounts? I mean, I think the obvious answer is, is of course. Um, but yeah, dummy. Think, you know, <laughs> you know, cause no one wants to spend more on something if they can get it for less. Right. Um, you know, but what I think it does is it, it opens up an opportunity for you to maybe uh, get a, a customer that you would not normally get be either because someone's buying it as a gift for someone else, or maybe it's, you know, they, they are getting it a gift for themselves. They have some extra money. Yeah. Uh, what we see is January and February are our largest months. The reason why is people got 3d printers for Christmas. That's right. And now they're getting into it. And That's January right. and February come around and now they want all of the other accessories that go with their 3d printer. Yeah. And so what we've done and what we've learned to do is offer discounts in January and February to get those new customers. Um, and, it, you know, but we learned this from being around, you know, for four and a half years and seeing the generic trends, <laughs> if you will. So if you're going to take everybody that's listening right now, if you're going to take one <laughs> note, okay, on <laughs> on on today's episode... Okay, the, the big piece of, I don't know if we call it wisdom, but it's, and I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. Capture the customer when and where they are ready to buy. Capture mm -hmm. the customer when and where they are ready to buy. That, that is your, Absolutely. that is always your goal. Right. And mm -hmm. we see this happening in a lot of different ways and we probably don't even analyze what's going on, but, um, mm -hmm. the, there, there's a, the, the psychology of like knowing, like I said, when, you you brought up a fantastic point. You know your product is a companion mm -hmm. product to another type of product and a product that is yep. often gifted and stuff like that. Yep. Fantastic insight on that. You've got a bunch mm -hmm. of people that are ready to buy. This is the other reason that maybe investigating like how do I get into resellers and stuff like that, that, that yes, mm -hmm. we'll talk about price in a second. Like that's an important thing. But a lot of times price is secondary in – to just being in front of the customer when they're ready to buy. Sure. We have had so, 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 so many more sales by obviously being on reseller sites where people are buying our stuff as a companion product, again, to a 3D printer. Mm -hmm. They're at Printed Solid. They are at Prusa, and they bought the printer, and they're like, oh, oh, well, I should get a rep box while I'm at it because mm -hmm. I'm here. And yep. And they're not a they're not necessarily jumping off and trying to find what the best price they can get for the rep box is, mm -hmm. honestly, you know, either. So a lot yeah. of times resellers can sell for more than they are on another site. Mm -hmm. I mean, you we've seen it, we laugh about this all the time, but people buy gloop from my site and, and <laughs> yeah, not they your do. site. And sometimes, we, sometimes sometimes they buy it by itself. <laughs> which I still don't fully understand. I mean, I appreciate that people want to support what we what we do. And and I think they associate Gloop and they're like, oh, I can go to Repcord and stuff like that, which is funny because it's yeah. like, why would you not go to Gloop? Um, but mm -hmm. but more often it's that, oh, well, you know what? I'm already buying the rep box and uh maybe I want to get over the free mm -hmm. shipping thing yeah. right and so i can just yeah. add some gloop to that order and now boom i'm saving money on shipping right and so that's, you you gotta be that that's where kind of some price yeah you know thing is like that's another really good 
yeah tactic we, so one of our sales I do that, that all do the time is, is, yeah. that, is like oh well hey you know we're you know we'll offer free shipping on 30 dollar orders or something like that and it's 29 well, if you 99. use the discount <laughs> it it takes the price down slightly below you know what it would be for the free shipping but then what they'll do is they'll add on one of our small products so they're getting the product for free but then you know what we're doing is we're actually getting a little bit more you know, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, there's these little tactics that as a business, you kind of have to play in order to try and again, you know, make sure the sales are worth your while. Because as a business, right, we have to be in business to make money. If we don't make money, we can't keep running. Yep. And so we we design these sales so that it gives you guys a, an opportunity to get the pri- the products at a, at a cheaper price. But in in to do that, we have to make up that lost potential by selling more product. And so that's where we, that's how we do it. We balance it out. So, so we just did the exact same thing. Uh, I don't know how many people have noticed. I'm going to give away my secrets here. Cause it's like, <laughs> people don't know what to expect, but uh, we, we had a black Friday, cyber Monday sale. We mm-hmm. discounted uh, the, you know, of, uh, the mm-hmm. rep box we were selling and the discount when applied mm-hmm. Brought the price of the thing just under the free shipping threshold, intentionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. because I, uh, I, I know if somebody is seriously just wants that and they're willing to pay the shipping, that that's great, and then I don't have to necessarily because the shipping is a like yeah, it's on average expensive. twenty twenty five bucks for me to ship a rep box domestically. Never mind mm-hmm. internationally. Yeah. I'm just talking about domestic right now, um, and so you know, yes, I'm willing. I'll, I'll discount, but you're gonna have to cover shipping, or if you want. If you want to buy more stuff from us, then I'll mm-hmm. I'll do free shipping. And nine times yeah. out of ten, I would rather sell more stuff and do free shipping than yep. have somebody pay for the shipping, right? And mm-hmm. so psychologically, that that really works, and it'll let, it's a great way for you to potentially upsell. Pl- plenty of people yep. either just didn't think about it and just said, okay, cool, or you know, but a lot of people did. They added you know whatever upgrade yep. kit or some gloop or whatever else. So again. Having that psychological understanding of how your your customer operates, mm-hmm. um, and then again, I want to go back to where is your customer buying? Like, so reselling yep. may be a great. You, you might not think that it's viable, but there's a lot of companies out there. And think about resellers; like they make their money by having a large mm-hmm. portfolio. Most most resellers, I don't say most, but a lot of resellers don't make anything of their own. So they're totally mm-hmm. dependent on having a broad portfolio. And it's pretty trivial for most of them to add mm-hmm. another listing to the website. It's just mm-hmm. a question of do they want to lay out some cash to hold inventory? Maybe you yep. can do a dropship deal where they don't have mm-hmm. a lot to lose. They can put a listing on there and then you can dropship directly. We've done that before. Um, yep. So again, get in front, especially as you're trying to grow Get in front of where your customer when they're ready to buy. The other place we see this a lot of times. Have you guys ever had that upsell thing where it's like you you bought something and you even completed oh, checking yes. out and it's like they realized you just checked out, you got your receipt and it's like, hey, if you add this right now, we'll take we'll we'll just tack it onto the order, take another twenty percent off for you or whatever. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I yep. should I should totally do that. I I haven't <laughs> I've been investigating that because I, I I want to and I haven't, mm-hmm. but it works so unbelievably mm-hmm. well, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you're you capturing the customer when they are ready or have already bought, right? Mm-hmm. Historically, we've seen it like uh, maybe you get an email after and you get, you know, offered. Like that's, that's another way, but I would argue that's not when they're ready to buy. That's too late. 
that's already yep. gone by. You will get some conversion from that. Hey, thanks for your purchase. Here's another 10% off the next person. You're trying to yep. encourage the repeat business because over time you're going to realize you're going to, I don't I know for everybody and it depends on the product, but like we've ended up selling a lot more to existing customers are, are, are far more valuable customers mm -hmm. than trying to the amount of work it takes to get a new customer versus selling to an existing customer, which could be yeah, absolutely. a podcast in and of itself. And maybe it should be, so we can, it should be, we can pin that, <laughs> pin that for, you know, uh, you know, re retention versus uh, creating a new, uh, customer yeah. is a great, great topic to talk about strategies for that. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that, that can be a teaser for next time or an upcoming, I don't I know love it. next time. Lots, uh, lots of little nuggets in there, guys. I hope uh, there was there was something that resonated with you. Uh, um, if you had some questions and we didn't quite get to it, uh, Justin 3D, I see your question about CR30s. Uh, if you want to ping me on Twitter, I can. I'm happy to talk about that after. It's a little bit off topic uh, for this. Um, Oh, look at this. Uh, my good friend Left Terrace, NX3D, is asking, how much is yeah. a rep box shipping to Europe? Funny you should ask that, Left Terrace. Uh, is, as it turns out, we're onlining uh, a uh, a new warehouse in the EU, and it is only, for anybody in the EU now, it's uh, between 15 and 20 bucks shipped uh, in mm -hmm. in the EU. Uh, and that's it. There's no VAT. There's no, we're, we're using the magic of, uh, some, some, um, tax benefits, uh, in Europe and stuff like that for, for this. So it's become, <laughs> our product is becoming far more accessible worldwide, which is very exciting, which is a huge win that I, uh, I, I haven't actually spoken about yet, but I'm excited. And, and, uh, our there friends at NX3D have helped leverage that. So, uh, for our international folks in the EU looking to access our stuff, uh, that is a great opportunity as well. So again, grow your audience by being more accessible, reach out and be, be where mm -hmm. they are when they're ready to buy. Am I, have I, have I kicked that horse, that dead horse uh, enough? I don't think I can. <laughs> this is the secret, the number one. I don't know if it's number one, but it's a good one. Um, it's a, it's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other, uh, parting words for our good friends before we wrap up this fine, fine episode of, Make I that think, Money? I think you, you summarized it very well. Again, you know, uh, finding, you know, knowing or getting that customer when they're ready to buy and where they're ready to buy, you know, that's the, it's so important. So. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, uh along with, again, spending the time asking the right questions, answering the questions, mm -hmm. pause. Give some thought to the whole thing. Understand your customer. It's this easy, guys. Yeah. Answer all the questions. Know who your customer is. Understand your product <laughs> goals. And then profit. Uh, the yeah. end. <laughs> I love it. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Yeah. As always, I want to thank you guys for spending a little portion of your Friday morning with us. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in live. Uh, if you're listening back, feel free to join us live uh, some other Friday. We'll be back. Uh, we should we should be back next Friday. I don't, I don't see any reason yeah. not to be. We'll with another great topic. Uh, again, feed us ideas if you have questions or comments or ideas for themes and stuff. You can ping us on the twitters. I'm at Repcord and Andrew is at 3D Gloop. And uh, we will talk to you then. Until until then, uh, everybody enjoy your weekend and good luck. And uh, make sure to get that out there and make her that money. Bye, everybody. Yeah.